Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. And Tom, do you know this is episode 42? I did know that, yes. Yes, I figured I'd squeeze the title in in some way. <laughs> you know, Can I always... Numbers? Yeah, because I always forget what episode we're on, so I want to make sure we're, we're right up there. You know that we're episode 42. So have you good been? year. Yeah, 42 is a good year? Summer of 42. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah, how you been? I've been good. Yeah. Been good, you know? Yeah. Busy. Crazy, crazy busy, yeah. Yeah. School. Yeah, school, church. Yeah. Taking pictures. I like good stuff. Yeah, I've been, I have been shooting some. Yeah, I got out into nature a little bit, and um, we had a big interfaith event that was cool took some pictures there inside a mosque so felt oh, like i was really? back in brooklyn yeah they, they didn't have a problem with you taking shots inside the mosque no no oh, totally cool awesome. with it. Yeah. yeah 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 well cool i'm glad uh I'm glad we're together today yeah man yeah what's what do, what do what do we have in store well let's we've got a few things to go before our main topic but uh you know last couple of episodes we've been asking for some donations and we actually got some between oh, last yeah. episode and today so i wanted to thank uh dwight eric and christoph for their generous donations to our show uh it actually is going to make a difference yeah i'm i've i'm sketching the helipad now <laughs> yeah i'm putting the down payment on the caddy <laughs> But yeah, no, not to diminish the significance of the yeah. generosity of people who are contributing, because yeah, every little bit does help, seriously. Yeah, and I'm blown away. I mean, you know, we started the show from nothing, and and uh, we've been holding it for, you know, a couple of years now, and uh, we, we asked for some help, and we got some, and I was really excited. So Dwight, Eric, and Christoph, we really thank you a lot for your, for your help and uh, your honorary producers for the show. So... Uh, yeah, and in that light, I just do want to mention that uh, on our web page and our uh, Podbean page, we do have a PayPal button for contributions. So if you do want to throw some chump change like Dwight, Eric, and Christoph, please feel free. We would be really happy. It would make us uh, make it a little bit easier in these times for us to to produce the show. But uh, we really appreciate you guys listening and uh, and and enjoy, you know, sharing what we know with you guys. So. So there's that. And I wanted to mention, since we last talked, I've been on a few different shows. So I wanted to give shout outs to those shows. Yeah. Uh, I was on with Allison Sheridan on her chit chat across the pond. Uh, I love talking to Allison. And I think we, you know, we only had about 40 minutes, but I felt like I could talk to her for two hours. And we were, we, uh, she grilled me about a couple of things uh, about software filters. What's the difference between filters and adjustments? And I'm still trying to figure out what they are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we actually got a chance to talk about handheld light meters, which I thought was something that really fits our switch to manual, you know, um, you know manifesto in some way. They're going to, you know, using manual things. So it got me to pull my handheld light meter out of uh, storage and take a look at it. So it was great talking to Allison about that and sharing what I knew about handheld light meters. Do you, you have a light meter? I do, yeah. You do? Yeah. Oh, really? It's really. Good one, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I took that lighting class through International Center of Photography, and oh. you know, and I liked the light meter that the teacher was using, and rushed out and got one. And I've gotten some good use out of it, although, you know, I've 
I'm not using it much, so if anybody out there wants a good deal on a light meter, I might be willing to part with mine. <laughs> well, we should probably talk about, uh, maybe we'll do a future, you know, little segment about how to use it and what, what good it is. Maybe you won't sell it so quickly. So hang on to it for a minute. Yeah, All right. they are fun. Yeah. Yeah. I was also with uh, Bart Bushots uh, on his Let's Talk Photography podcast, and it was almost in a way a follow-up to uh, what I was talking about with Allison. Uh, we were doing uh, some of the uh, um, uh, detailed explanations about uh, the different adjustments that you can make on pictures, what the sliders meant. And Bart was very good in the math department about that. I'm, I admit that I don't have any math skills at all about that. So he was doing the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I was talking about the creative use of these adjustments. So go check out that show with uh, Bart Bouchard's Let's Talk Photography. Um, we got to get three of us on. we got to get Bart on to this show. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. We've, we've always been on his show. we got to get him on our show. So, right, yeah. yeah. Actually, we've got a good list of people coming on our show, so hold on for that. And last but not least, uh, I was also on uh, the Shutter Time podcast with Sid and Mac, and we talked about photo contests and how we dislike them. And it <laughs> came from a, <laughs> a bit of frustration I've been having with photo contests that uh, – um, not that I deserve to win, but I've entered a lot and, and you know, spent some, a few bucks on them. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that for a little while. So have you been in, have you done photo contests? Yeah, I've done a few. I can totally relate to that frustration. You just feel yeah. like it's throwing money down a bottomless pit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, I've, you haven't won yet? Have you? No, no. Well, I guess actually I did win one, um, that was put on by Union Theological Seminary, so I was just competing against other students of religion, you know, but uh, whatever, whatever, I won it. <laughs> well, I somehow cool. feel like I've told the story, yeah, because I, I tried to get onto the campus Easter morning at like, you know, five in the morning or whenever sunrise was, and the security guard, it was like a couple of years after I graduated, it was a different security guard, he didn't know me, he, he wouldn't let me in. He was going to call somebody at five in the morning. I was like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, man. And so I just took a shot of the school from outside, but, uh, it came out, came out great. I liked it, you know, and it turned out to be the winning one. Oh, great. Wow. Yeah. What did, what did you win? You know? Accolades. Um, yeah, I think it was mostly in the accolade category. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> you won that but, light meter. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's excellent. Yeah, uh, if you get a chance to listen to it, it's three of us ranting about photo contests. Cool, yeah. Actually, you know, come to think of it, they they did give me a gift certificate to a restaurant on the oh. Upper West Side. So, yeah, you know, that was... That's great. Yeah. That was nice, yeah. Yeah, not all photo contests are bad. I mean, we, we talked about the good aspects of them as well, but... Uh, yeah, so check it out if you want to hear about... Um, yeah, I'm sure people are curious because whenever, you know, you start going to a lot of photography sites, you see advertisements for contests and got to decide ultimately, is this a scam? And, and they don't always cost money. And that's a indication that it's not a scam, but you know, some do. And yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to go and listen to that one. Maybe uh, we should have our own photo contest. Yes. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> we could. We don't have anything to offer. Uh, maybe we'll figure something out. I don't know. We'll yeah, be portfolio interesting. review or portfolio something. Reviews, you know. Yeah. yeah. A so, light meter. A light meter. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that thing costs like a thousand dollars. You know. Really? I, mean, I think it was well, like seven seven hundred dollars. Yeah. It was, really? It's you a nice let me look one, at, yeah. you know, let me look at it first before you start putting it on that. 
get that. All right. Saconic, you know. I mean, hey, it's... Saconic, right. That's that's yeah. the filter that's one I got. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, in in that light, also uh Mac had uh volunteered his brother, I think, to make some new music for us. Cool. <laughs> so, you awesome. know, we yeah, we I have uh, some stock music that I found that I thought it fit our, you know, our, yeah. fits our thing a little bit and, and it's there and it's been running for the past 42 episodes and so Mac volunteered his brother, who's a musician, to make some music, and uh, you know we'll see how he does. Um, I'm really thankful that his brother volunteered. So, <laughs> through yeah, Mac. that's awesome. Get him some publicity, and you know, yeah, we're, but we'll we're hear moving, it. You moving know, on up. Yeah, I want to. You know, I'm very particular about music, but uh, anyway, you might we might have something new before our 50th episode, or maybe sooner. So yeah, maybe we'll unveil it on the 50th. Maybe. Hopefully, we'll have to do. Yeah, but that could be so far away from now. So we'll see. We have to, I just realized there are 42 episodes. I have to do eight more episodes before 50. All right. Well, that's the only math I can do tonight. <laughs> so anyway, so let's get into the gist of it. Um, for those of you who are listening, you probably already know what's going on in the world of photography, the big scandal with Steve McCurry. For those of you who don't, you can just Google it. And uh, those of you who don't know who Steve McCurry is, you know one of his pictures for certain, the shot on a National Geographic cover from what was it, 1985, of a of an Afghan girl uh, with piercing blue eyes. Everybody knows that picture. Um, so I'll give the quick rundown, which you know you probably already know about, but we'll just go through it to get into. Yeah, the- and yeah, some people probably will not have heard about it, so I think it's good to just kind of sum it up. Yeah, I'll try to do a good summary. Um, okay. Basically. Uh, Steve McCurry has gone through the world um, as a photojournalist, uh, doing a lot of, you know, really uh, moving photographs in different countries and, you know, the Afghan uh, included, Afghan girl included. And lately, uh, someone found one of his pictures in a gallery in, uh, I can't remember if it was Italy or something like that, that showed some obvious photoshopping. It showed some obvious uh, cloning. So cloning is that uh, you're taking part of the picture and, replacing another part of the picture with it. And uh, I saw this picture and it looked actually pretty poorly done. So, uh, of course, the internet being as it is, decided to start scanning all of McCurry's work. Now, because if he's going around as a photojournalist, he ought not to be doing Photoshop cloning and manipulation of his pictures. So uh, after the story first emerged a couple of weeks ago, uh, people start finding more pictures uh, that McCurry has uh, f- had photoshopped. He, uh, between the first story and the second story, uh, had said that he had hired some uh, retoucher who was working on his pictures and not doing a good job, and he's working on it. Uh, then, you know, more pictures started coming out uh, showing his uh, Photoshop, and uh, the internet is, you know, the uh, the hunt is growing uh, for these pictures, and the, the criticism is growing. And he came on to, uh, he had an article, uh, sorry, an interview with Time Magazine, uh, basically saying he's no longer a photojournalist, he's actually a visual story, storyteller, and that he's going to rein in his use of Photoshop from now on. And, you know, this is one of those stories that comes out on the internet a lot. You know, something happens to somebody, and... Uh, the internet goes on, uh, well, I would call it a witch hunt. 
that was my first knee-jerk reaction when I heard this story because I think the internet does this a lot. It finds something uh, to go after, and then it's almost like a wildfire. Um, but the story is evolving currently, right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, McCurry is not handling it well, I think. Uh, he's been sort of making some excuses and his website has been, you know, he's taken his website down. I think it was a WordPress blog, uh, that came down. Uh, he's even his, um, discussion with time magazine seems kind of weak and not really, you know, solving any problems at all. And, um, a lot of photographers in the industry on the internet are, are, are going after him, calling him a phony, um, all sorts of stuff. So I had a first reaction when I heard this, uh, and I, I, I basically put, posted up on Facebook and said, witch hunt, and, you know, uh, copied the story. Yeah. Uh, well, let, before we jump and move on from there, I, I just want to affirm that initial reaction. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, I, I think oftentimes when we're doing our podcast, you know, our, our subject matter sort of, you know, leads us in different directions. But I do think it's interesting just how much aggression was directed at this guy and sort of like, there's sort of like a, you know, a contagious dimension to it. And it reminds me, yesterday there was a front page article in the New York Times about this Finnish journalist, Jessica Aro, who... Um, was harassed by apparently, you know, like maybe most governments do this, I don't know, but apparently Russia has, they were calling it a troll army, you know, it's sort of a think tank of people scouring the web and just aggressively going after anybody who criticized their government, you know? And so it's just, I don't know. I, I so, you're saying story, that, so you're saying that the, this, the government or a, a body, let's say a body, is hired these people to go after on the internet. Yeah, that's journalist. like your full time. Yeah, that's your full time job. You know, is wow. is to you know just wow. attack people in the virtual world. And so, I mean, I can get a job doing this. I can get yeah, I can get yeah. paid to be an internet troll. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Hey, anybody know. who's listening to this, you know, you guys go go hi, you know, go get some applications. You want to troll <laughs> for a living? Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good you know reminder that the power of the World Wide Web you know can be used for good or ill, and I think we all have to kind of check ourselves and say, hey, you know, am I helping or hurting the larger cause here? I mean, not that there's not a serious sort of uh, ethical, artistic, journalistic debate going on, and that's fine, and people have their opinions, you know. But I don't know. I just I have to wonder, you know. I mean, this guy. Um, McCurry, you know, has a photograph that we all know and love and are probably all a little bit jealous of. And so all of a sudden, you know, he's coming out to be less than perfect. And so let's get him, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, come on, man. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks, I think it was March 30th. Let me just check the date of this Times article. It was really interesting. March 30th. So a couple of weeks, actually maybe about a month before the story broke about McCurry's uh, Photoshop antics, there was a story in the uh, New York Times called A Too Perfect Picture mm. by uh, someone named Teju Cole. I might get that first name wrong, T-E-J-U Cole. And basically, it's looking at uh, McCurry's work in India 
that he did uh, over the course of 40 years. Um, basically, I mean, it's a good article. I'll link it in the, sh- in the show notes. But basically saying that uh, McCurry is sort of, by showing certain types of people that he's photographing certain subjects, that he's trying to make an all-too-perfect image of India. And the, mm-hmm. the writer goes on to compare his work to another photographer who I think might be native Indian, um, who does a different kind of work in India. Uh, but the story is interesting because it's, uh-huh. it's all about these perfect pictures. You know, the one shot they're talking about in the article is this shot of these two Indian men on a train, like an old steam train. And the Taj Mahal is in the background. And these two guys are in the front of train, like they're, they're flag wavers to clear people off the train or something like that. And one's got a red turban on and a, and a beige, almost an army outfit. And the other one has another white hat on. And it, and it has that feel of an all-too-perfect image, I think was the, uh, the uh, author's trying to get across. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is, the shot was from 1983, so obviously prior to Photoshop. Uh, the image is you know, probably shot in Kodachrome or something like that. Good old film days. And it's interesting that, uh, you know, he's being, he's being, um, I wouldn't say attacked. It's not an attack article, uh-huh. but it's more about this idea of someone who goes around trying to, uh, create a perfect world through their photographs. And, you know, this is prior to Photoshop. So he's already out there trying to make, uh, you know, a perfect picture. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen some of those themes emerging in the criticism of his work and having more to do with just his point of view, you know, and sort of like a privileged sort of cultural colonialism kind of thing at work. And, you know, that's that's that seems like a legitimate criticism to me. However, I mean, I think, you know, photojournalists are artists too, and everybody's seeking to sort of I, maybe I shouldn't say everybody, but um, I think a lot of photographers are attempting to glean the beauty from everyday life. And and so, yeah, in a sense, that's trying to get the perfect picture or trying to capture moments that are astonishing or exceptional. And, and so, you know, again, it's like, all right, well, you know, is this an important criticism? And if if it's diminishing somebody suffering and glamorizing it or, or um, skewing it in some way that's oppressive, then okay, yeah, let's have that conversation. But if somebody just got a great shot of two guys in front of a train, maybe that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe there's room for all of this, right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably not one or the other, but yeah, it's yeah. like, well, what, what, I guess that's part of what we're exploring is like, what's important about this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, what's also interesting is it makes me question, to go back to McCurry specifically, because if he's out there already making these sort of all-too-perfect pictures, and I use that in quotes, I know, I mean, not all of his pictures are perfect, but let's say he's already doing that in the film days. I'm I'm wondering uh, what is prompting this decision uh, by him to uh, alter his pictures. And that brings up the thought to me to, to bring it to a broader discussion is what are we doing when we are trying to, when we manipulate our pictures and manipulation 
means anything. So I'm going to go on record um, so that I don't get trolled. Maybe the Russian troll army will get me. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to say I manipulate my pictures because, you know, we have to define what manipulation means. Uh, I mean, I manipulate it by choosing my subjects, by cropping. I mean, you know, where's the line get drawn? But, you know, there are occasions when, you know, there's a lamppost sticking out of someone's head that I've taken uh -huh. a shot and it becomes an element that's distracting. And if I'm able to easily remove it without making it a really big deal, and my workflow these days is mainly to work on my iPad with my pictures. So if you ever try to retouch an iPad, <laughs> you know, good luck. That is the hardest device to do any kind of retouching on. But there are some things that you can do with some applications. So now I might remove the lamppost if I can from someone's head. So I've done, I've done these things. You know, I'm not a photojournalist and I, I don't quite also call myself a visual storyteller because I really don't know what that means. You know, I take pictures and I'm trying to show pictures of people that I like to take pictures of, you know, and if occasionally an element is in there that I want to remove, I'll try to do it. If not, I just leave it alone and maybe I won't present that picture, but I, yeah. do that. but that being well, said, what are we, what are we doing when we are, you know, filtering our pictures, Tom, what are you doing? What are we doing by cropping? What are we, what is this perfect world? Are we trying to create? Yeah, I think that, I think those are good questions. I I mean, I I do think you know one important aspect of the story is that line between photojournalists and other kinds of photographers. You know, because I think there is an an understanding, an agreement between a photojournalist and his or her audience that what is captured, you know, has bears a resemblance to reality, and that there are you know, Ron Haviv touched on this when we interviewed him, that there are certain limits to what's acceptable. And I mean, whereas like when you're having fun and shooting somebody on the street for your own blog, for selling it as art, you know, that's one thing. But if, if, if you got a newsworthy shot that you were going to sell to a newspaper, then I think it would just be understood that you had different kinds of pressures and expectations like you wouldn't when i shot for newspapers i would not make a lamppost go away i, I would never do that kind of post-production alteration of an image I, you know i mean there's just i think there are certain parameters when you are working as a photojournalist that that you have to respect and then but but think, there's go ahead i was gonna say do you think the public cares about this stuff because the photojournalists, well, all the photographers. <laughs> well, we're all all the photographers are going after McCurry. I mean, to uh -huh. me, it seems like a photographer against photographer world when they're going after him. But yeah. uh -huh. if you show his pictures to the general public, are are they going to care? Or or forget McCurry. This could be anybody. If, yeah. If well, I, I if I took your picture and you didn't and you, maybe you removed the lamppost or didn't remove the lamppost, do you think the audience that's going to look at that picture actually really cares whether you did or not? Who knows? I, I I do, but I mean, I think there's also just sort of professional accountability, you know, that, I mean, if you're hired by, a, you know, a publication and it's understood that you are doing photojournalism, that I think there is a, a responsibility to 
work within certain bounds, right? Yeah. But then, so where do we draw the line at manipulation? I mean, again, this is, this is ad nauseum discussion. Mm-hmm. We've had this yeah, a lot of times, yeah. but, you know, people well, will say, I, you know, if you're cropping the image, that's manipulation. Well, maybe, maybe not, because you're taking information that's already there and you're just, rem- you're, you're hiding it. You're not adding something new to the file, but then someone can argue, well, if you're cloning, you know, if you're putting something from here over there, that's already in the image. You're just moving it. And by the way, if anybody does remember way before the Afghan girl picture, maybe not way before, but the uh, National Geographic actually moved the pyramids in one of their pictures to, mm. to make a better cover. And this was, this was, this was, you know, top level decision to do that. Yeah, um, and there was there with McCurry's image. There was the one cover where they added water to the guy right. carrying the sewing machine, right? To make a to make a layout specifically for that. But I'm saying there's like, who first of all, who says what's manipulated, what's not? The a picture I always love to talk about again is the shot of uh, after Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated in the in the hotel, and he was brought into the or he was in the hotel kitchen. And the yeah. kitchen uh, porter was holding him up. I think the original picture of him, you could not see it's his face. It's way too dark. Yeah, way too dark. And they had yeah, to uh-huh. dodge that. Now, you can also argue that information was in the negative and they were just bringing it up. But you can also argue for any photojournalist who's using a flash, you're bringing light into a situation that didn't have light before. I mean, I all I'm bringing up is like, where do we draw the line at what's manipulation? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, I just have to go on record as saying cropping is okay. <laughs> okay. I crop too. I'm a big cropper. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, no. I mean, that's just to me. Yeah. But, um, well, I have to say too, in relation to McCurry, I mean, some of the images were like, really? I mean, people are getting bent out of shape about this. I mean, some of them just seem like they went from sort of, you know, kind right. of like what the difference between a raw image and when you just saturate it to what you actually see in the moment. I mean, right. And yeah, maybe you nudge that a little bit, you know, beyond the moment to enrich it and deepen those colors. And then, yeah, okay. I, I mean, if our goal is reality, then um, that's our benchmark. And but you know, that, color, color reality. I mean, I see colors differently than you. So if I'm yeah. processing my pictures, and I'm like, this is how I saw. This is how I saw the color. This orange shirt was. I needed brighter. That's what I saw. I mean, who's to say what's reality? The raw file is reality? I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, and, I think that, but there yeah. are some basics. I mean, like making the, making the one kid disappear in the picture of the kids, like chasing the soccer ball in the river. I mean, you know, when you take somebody out of the image, I mean, that's to me when you're like, okay, you've crossed a line here. Right. Then we're I back mean, to the Soviets. <laughs> Joseph yeah. Stalin removing people from the picture. Yeah, yeah. Not that I, I want Switch to Manual to be all anti-Russian. But no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I started no, right. it by talking about that front page story, but, you know, come on, guys. Yeah. Gotta lay off the finished journalists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying, I you know, pointing out the obvious that there's certain things that, I mean, and I guess now, as, as we were talking before we started recording, I mean, now McCurry's calling himself a visual storyteller. And so, well, does that mean you have different pressure or, you know, different expectations because you're no longer calling yourself a photojournalist? It may, maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know. And what, what difference does a label have? I mean, is that going to make everybody happy that he's calling himself a, a visual storyteller? I mean, 
that's kind of where I think he's not handling it well, if I'm going to put my two cents in. Uh-huh. Um, you know, changing my name or, or my profession or what, you know, what label I give myself is not, I don't know. I don't see that helping anything, uh, frankly. And the other part of this is now, like you said before, is, yeah, okay, there's some shots of his, the, the objects are removed or added a little bit, but, you know, things like color saturation, I mean, for crying out loud, are we going to start going through everybody's pictures now every time we find some little error or something and start going back into time and saying, oh, this was not, this was not right. I mean, it, it's almost like we're stifling or the internet, I, it's not even the internet, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a creature that becomes mm-hmm. this thing. Yeah goes after people when a mistake is found. Now I'm not trying to apologize for McCurry, you know, but this, this creature that goes after, you know, he's now been, he's now been consumed by it. And who's the next person? Is it going to be me? Is it going to be you? You know, we say one thing and then all of a sudden our whole history has gone through in time. And, you know, so what that he saturates a picture or under saturates and it turns it black and whites or removes a little dot from, I, you know, I don't, um, that's the part that I sort of react to the witch hunt part. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent man on that. And, and, you know, and I just have to say, um, it's, it's a matter of kind of perspective and losing sight of what's important. I mean, one thing that strikes me as interesting is here's this picture that, you know, his famous iconic image is of an, the young Afghan woman, uh, you know, 30 years ago when the Soviets are, are fighting the Afghanistan's. So there's this terrible war going on. Now we, the United States, is embroiled in the same war, not having learned the lessons of history, so we're repeating it. And, you know, it's like war, oh, yeah, yeah, another war, whatever. But he photoshopped a picture? You know, (laughs) we're going to get worked up about that. Who cares about war, you know? Who cares about (laughs) killing thousands of people? But but don't photoshop an image. Right. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? In In that direction, I'd like to say that, you know, websites or commentators or whoever in, in the same breath that uh, are condemning McCurry for what he did, uh, in the next breath are praising Adobe for coming out with a new uh, content-aware <laughs> cropping uh, for the next version of Photoshop. So I heard this on a podcast, and I'm not going to mention who it is. And I, I listened to the podcast, and I think it's great. I just thought it was interesting. That the guy, uh-huh. and I'm, of course now I'm saying it's a guy. So the guy, in, you know, finished the story about McCurry, and he actually did a very good job about talking about it. And uh-huh. in the next breath, for the next story, he was talking about Adobe's coming out with content-aware cropping. Hello, <laughs> anybody who's listening, we're, we've got McCurry who's who's creating some, you know, pictures, and he's trying to improve them in his mind. I don't think a lot of them were improved, but he's doing what he's doing. And in the next sense, we're, we're praising Adobe for coming out with stuff that's going to make our pictures even more fake than they were before. And to explain what content-aware cropping is, if I can do it quickly, Photoshop's got, Photoshop and Lightroom have this ability to fill in details when you do things like crop the image or tilt the image. And so if you have an image that's tilted, when you crop it, you actually lose some information in the corners if you've got a crooked picture. So now Photoshop can fill that information in. So if you've got a sky and it's going to get lose you know, some information, Photoshop looks around and fills it in. You're basically creating fakeness. Okay. So uh-huh. yeah. In one hand, we're, we're screaming at this guy. Uh, yes, you're right. In the middle, there's so many other things that we could be, you know, concerned about. 
you know, pictures of, uh, you know, the police cameras and people doing awful things in front of cameras. We're yelling at this guy for creating art, right? Yeah, by, yeah. by removing a little thing here, or twisting that there. He calls himself a visual storyteller. Who the hell cares? And on the other hand, we're let's make fake pictures. Let's continue right. to make fake pictures. And let's not even, let's not even, that's what really got me about this podcast was the guy didn't even like was say, hey, wait a minute. Connect the dots. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm praising Adobe for giving me a, like uh, a feature in Photoshop that's going to let me create fakery in my picture. My first thought is, you know, listen to yourself. Second thought is, well, for Pete's sake, you know, don't take a tilted picture. Take a straight picture, you know. If it's tilted, yeah. in the old days, when you had a piece of film that was tilted, that went in the trash, right? Because it didn't make it. You can't fix it, right? Because you shot it and it was crooked and it's not going to work. Or you cropped it and you dealt with the fact that you ended up with a smaller picture. Anyway, it, it occurred yeah. to me. I haven't Which, heard which happens all the time. That. I mean, you know, I'm sure everybody has experienced that. Sort of like when you get to the limits of what you can do via cropping because, like you say, you're, you're missing information. Right. So you live with it. And this is what we were, I was sort of talking about before. It's like, how far are we going to go to make this perfect picture? And, you know, I, I hate to, well, I don't really hate it. I, I have, I'm part of that 500 pixels website and there's good aspects to it, but I, I look a lot of the pictures and I think everybody's copying everybody else to try to make the perfect waterfall shot or the perfect, you know, long exposure landscape with the clouds moving uh, and it all begins to look the same. And I was like, how far do we go? You know, is it going to end? Are you going to be okay to have a picture that's not manipulated? Can you just go with what you saw, or do we have to keep changing what what we took a picture of? Yeah, well, I think I think now you know you're hitting upon some things that are actually important and interesting. You know, we're not getting lost in the details or the witch hunt, but just kind of acknowledging that with all the post production freedom we have and the new technology. You know, we can we can create things. We can make things appear that weren't there before. I mean, I I uh, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I still feel like if you're doing photojournalism, you have a responsibility to stay connected to reality. But if you're doing art and you're being creative and you're having fun, you're expressing yourself, you know, then I feel like you know there's 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 a lot of freedom out there. But I think it's interesting what you're saying too, Tony. You know that notion of like trying to get some to achieve some idea of the perfect image and that you have that idea because you're looking at everybody else's images going in a certain direction. I mean, I, you know, I feel like part of what we're about at switch to manual is taking control of your camera to, to shoot what you want to shoot and express yourself, you know, not, right. not, not try to be more like somebody else. Right. Not pay attention to, I mean, uh, all the likes and thumbs up that some other photographer gets. And you say, oh, well, I want to create a picture like that and try to work towards that. Like, throw that out, you know. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't compare I mean, yourself it's, to somebody it's, else. It's tricky because other photographers inspire you, and it's nice to get thumbs up and likes and everything. But, but you know, I, I, I think there's, you know, an important truth to what you're saying that we, you can get so wrapped up in just chasing somebody else's idea of the perfect image that you lose sight of what it is that you can offer that's unique. Right. Right. And you don't want to ever lose that visual voice that you have that you want to let, you know, let the world hear. And that mm -hmm. harkens back to 
Ron Haviv when he talked yeah. about the visual voice. You know, we, we yeah. all have this voice and, you know, whatever you want to do to achieve it, that's great. Just use it, make sure it's your own voice. Yeah, yeah. and be honest about it. I mean, I've gone off yeah. the deep end with, with Snapseed and filters and just <laughs> doing crazy stuff, but it's cool because I feel like there's something happening, you know, deep within all of these filters that is part of my true creative process, and I'm having fun with it, and I'm not pretending, you know, that this is photojournalism or anything realistic. I'm just kind of moving in more creative directions, but I think as long as you're honest about what you're doing, I mean, that's clearly right, right. part of the outrage with McCurry, right? Yeah, I think he could really have been more honest about it and stop trying to cover things up, I mean, for crying out loud. But to go back uh, for a second about creating, you know, the perfect picture, there's also people that we know. Um, for uh, Photographer Jerry Yulesman is one who creates total fantasy pictures. Our friend Gene Mealy, who makes beautiful, beautiful landscapes, uh, often by putting together other landscapes. Uh, and you know, he, one time we interviewed him on a video and, and he called himself, I thought this was great. He called himself a fiction photographer, mm, you know? Yeah, and he goes, yeah. nobody goes around, you know, yelling at fiction writers that, you know, that stuff isn't true. And how could that be? Blah, blah. You know, fiction writers live in the world because they make things up and there are photographers who make things up and that's a perfectly legitimate way to m express yourself. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's the opposite scale. There's the cr cr making something entirely from nothing. You're right. Coming out from sort of the get go and saying, this is who I am and this is what I do. And this is mm -hmm. how I do it. You know, there's a, maybe a certain transparency to it. Um, that I know us here at switch manual, we like to do, I love sharing my techniques with people. You know, there used to be a time when people didn't want to share techniques because it was, like, oh, they're going to steal my, you know, uh -huh. you know, they're going to steal the way I do things and start doing things like that. And now you go onto like, you know, YouTube and people are giving away, you know, all these secrets about how to do things. Everybody's in, about sharing stuff. So I don't know. Sorry. That's a little bit of a rant in some way, but I like yeah, it. No, no, it's good. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's celebrating creativity and, and acknowledging that, yeah, I mean, I, I, it seems like a healthy shift. I mean, we're talking about sort of the, the, the larger community of photographers, and I, I think you're right, man. You know, there was that, I mean, there, there still can be that sense of people wanting to be territorial or private about how they do what they do, but yeah, yeah. yeah but there's more and more sharing of information and, and clearly more and more images being generated and yeah. And, and I, I like that myself. Yeah. What? Yeah, I do too. And you know, someone like McCurry or anybody who's in that world, um, they, they do ride that 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 hard line between showing what reality is in the in the you know the siren song of of Photoshop. Uh, yeah. Or anything, you know, the siren song of any kind of manipulation. It could have been darkroom work. It could have been anything. Anything that changes, you know, what they're. Uh, what they're trying to present it, it it can't be easy i mean every year there's that uh what is it i don't know the the big photojournalist uh awards and every year there's someone who's winning and then they're getting shot down because they've manipulated the picture <laughs> uh -huh. it it must be a, a hard temptation I, you know 
Yeah, yeah. Some oh my gosh, yeah. I'm and, sure for for all of us, you know. I mean, I, I've you know, as I said, I've just kind of surrendered to just having fun and and just plunging off the deep end. Yeah. I I have to tell you though, I I took one shot the other day um, of this mannequin that I applied some filters to, and I've always enjoyed shooting statues and sculptures and trying to bring them alive. Mm-hmm. And I swear, dude, this, I, I will, I'll send you this shot. Maybe, you know, maybe can we, we can put it in the show it. notes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it in the show notes. And I, I feel like there's a living being looking back at me. <laughs> really? It's, it's freaking me out, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I love when that kind of stuff happens when you, Oh, uh, me too, when man. That's the magic. Yeah. Yeah. You've taken your picture and then you've gone and done something else to it and it becomes something entirely different and you and, and things start to emerge from it yeah yeah and, yeah there's a magic in in the uh in the working of the picture and sort of the post-production uh which you might not have seen if you had just taken it once and say all right well i'm gonna just you know put it in my hard drive and not look at it anymore but yeah yeah totally no i think that's that's a super important point that all of this talk can sort of inhibit people's creativity and you know, again, if you're doing photojournalism, that's one thing. But if you're not, then there's so much you can do that's fun and and enhancements. I mean, just you know the what's available through Lightroom, yeah. what you can do with an image, which I, I think sometimes it, it really is. I don't know. I think we tend to draw the line too close to like the raw image when, in fact, what you actually saw in that moment was more. You know, I'm thinking of like that shot of mine that um, the sculpture in Greenwood, the the headstone of mm-hmm. like Mary with the big tree behind it in the, in the sky. I mean, I think you brought out the clouds in a way that was actually there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny because yeah, you had not you had not initially processed that picture. I mean, it, I think it was just the shot. Not very well. Yeah. 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 And then <laughs> I took it and I saw I saw black and white in it. And uh, I must have this. We must have this shot someplace. I'll try to put it in the notes as well. But I saw something else in it, and then you had that bird flying off in the sky, which made yeah. it. I mean, if that wasn't there, it'd be a great picture. But it'd be a good picture. But I think that bird there made it great. And I saw something else. You know, it was interesting. You know, it was one of the things I wanted to talk about. We could just touch on it a little bit. Was that, you know, you processed your picture differently than I processed your picture. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? And uh, yeah. This does hearken to McCurry a little bit because if he says what what happened was true, that he had a retoucher working for him. Now, I've done retouching for people, and given to my own devices, I might be like, well, you know, I might try to do this a little yeah. differently. Now, we won't, we won't know what the truth is yet. We may never know what the truth is, whether he did it or he hired someone who had a different idea of how to present his pictures. We may not know that. I know from my ideas and from what you're talking about, I took your picture and I saw something else in it and mm-hmm. I, I brought myself to your picture. Yeah. I worked on it a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like the finished product now like belongs to both of us because you brought <laughs> things out of it seriously that I yeah. had not seen. So yeah, it yeah does, we'll, we'll, we'll put that up. Yeah. It does bring up that idea that other older photographers, in fact, photographers who weren't, were no longer with us and some photographers who are, you know, would hire other people to print their work. Because the the printers had a different idea of how to present the final picture. It was a collaboration. Uh huh. Yeah. You know? It's sort of like how on a movie set, a director is not necessarily the director of photography. 
you know, the director has the overall look about the film, but the director of photography is the one who's going to, you know, get, make the movie look the way it's going to look. And it's this collaboration. So yeah, and what we're talking about is that you provided the raw data and I took something that I saw and presented it to you and you're like, Hey, wow, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So, well, anyway, I think we, I think we pretty much hit our limit yeah. for tonight in terms of yeah. like, yeah, we put our, our stamp on that. Yeah. I think we've settled this whole McCurry thing. Yeah, it's done. Everybody leave McCurry. <laughs> Go off, you know, enough words, go take pictures, stop typing, right? <laughs> Get off your computers and yeah. go and pick up the damn cameras and go out and take pictures and maybe try to make a picture that's better than Bill McCurry or Steve McCurry. Excuse me, Bill. What am I saying? Bill. I'm looking at <laughs> go, go make a better picture than, than Steve McCurry, right? Instead of knocking him down or call him a phony or whatever, let him do what he wants to do. Who cares? You know, there are bigger problems in the world, Tom, like you mentioned. Yeah. And, and certainly nobody's getting harmed by this. There's no, there's no pain and suffering except for a few trolls yeah. <laughs> who just want to sit there and type on their keyboard. So, yeah. Anyway, thought, uh, thanks for, thanks for wanting to talk about this. I thought it was important to, to share with our audience. This, yeah, it's uh, timely. It's fun to interact with something in the news. Yeah, I think so too. All, All right. right, man. Well, where can people find us? All if right. Listening so for the first time. Yeah, we got, the, we got the whole thing to go through. So you guys can go and check us out on our website, which is switch to manual.com. From there, you can find a lot of our stuff, uh, links to this podcast, show notes and whatnot. We're also on Twitter at switch the number two manual. So switch to manual. And while you're on Twitter, when you should follow me on Twitter as well at AM Rosario and follow Tom at, what are you at? Witness Photog. W-I-T-N-E-S-S-P-H-O-T-O-G. So follow both of us and Switch to Manual on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Just do a search for us on Facebook. We actually like Facebook and uh, trying to encourage a community there. So join us there if you want to share comments and stuff. Uh, I do want to throw this out. Um, we have a Switch to Manual Flipboard magazine. If you don't know what Flipboard is and you have an iPad or a similar tablet, uh, go to uh, flipboard.com slash at symbol AM Rosario, and you'll see our Switch to Manual magazine there. Uh, we uh, curate lots of articles from the internet and put them into this sort of virtual magazine. It's really cool. It looks great on an iPad if you haven't played with uh, Flipboard yet. So I want you guys to uh, check out our Flipboard magazine. I, I have to use my name because I don't think we can have a Switch to Manual account on Flipboard. So anyway. And say how to find that again. It's flipboard.com slash at symbol AM Rosario. So A-M-R-O-S-A-R-I-O. Right? Uh-huh. Cool. Cool. And uh, if you guys get us on iTunes, please leave us um, reviews there. Apparently that's how we get more popular in the system is if you leave reviews and star ratings on iTunes. So, uh, you know, and tell your friends about us. That's how we get on people's radar. And again... Uh, if you do like what we're doing, uh, we have a PayPal donate button on our website and our Podbean site. Please, you know, for us a little bit of change helps us keep going, uh, pays some of the bills for hosting and uh, stuff and uh, makes it easier for us to present this stuff to you. So anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. And we're so happy to be sharing this with you. And uh, one last thing is I, I haven't done this yet, but we're going to be starting to sell our prints on our website. So that's probably between 
now and the next month. We'll be getting that up. Cool. So it's another way to support awesome. us. Oh, and you can also support us by uh, portfolio reviews. We can do your portfolios, look at your pictures, and uh, go to our website, uh, swishmanual.com slash portfolio reviews. And, uh, or just go there. There's a little menu item and check us out uh three paid things you send us pictures we give you critique and review and uh so check us out that's another way to support the site yeah and we won't judge you for using photoshop we will not judge we do not judge i do not judge we encourage we encourage (laughs) be creative that's what this is all about just you know yeah totally yeah so i think that's it for for me (laughs) Yeah, 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 great, great wrap up. Yeah, well, it's fun to be back. Yeah, we look forward to approaching number fifty with you, maybe with our new soundtrack. We hope so. New soundtrack, yeah. and uh, we—I think I got a bunch of people lined up for interviews, so we're, I think we might push out a few. It, um I hope you don't mind. You know, I know Tom, you're really busy with school and stuff like that, so if you're not around. I might do an interview or two. Yeah, no, I get your permission. Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> cool. yeah. All right, man. So uh, I guess that's it, everybody. So uh, I'll see you later. Adios. Adios.